Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Good evening, sports fans. BD Taylor with your sports update. In a game that could be categorized by the song um, Bounce Back by Juvenile, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers came back victorious after getting just absolutely the shit beat out of them last week by the Saints. We're not going to talk about that. But we bounced back this week against the Carolina Panthers, 46-23. to And a game that was a lot closer than I was expecting in the first half. But then the boys decided to act like they wanted to play. Um, Defense showed up, had a interception out of nowhere by JPP. Shout out to Jason Pierre-Paul, who also had a sack today. I believe three sacks for the day. Um, Out of nowhere, Ronald Jones runs for almost 200 yards, including a 98-yard touchdown run, which was Trey Magnifique. And something I've been waiting for him to do since we drafted him. Um, oddly enough, Rojo was on pace to go well over a thousand yards for the year in rushing. Um, hopefully, Mike Evans will be able to get an addition, get the 480, I believe, six yards he needs to add one more thousand-yard season to his consecutive streak, which I think would leave him alone as the record holder for consecutive. Thousand yard seasons to start a career, which I think would be seven, because I think this is Mike's seventh year. Um, but yeah, uh, Brady had a bounce back game. Mike Evans had a good game. Years will be up against the Los Angeles Rams next week, who showed up and showed out against the uh, Seattle Seahawks this week. Also worth noting, pay attention in New Orleans. Drew Brees was injured in the game. An MRI will be done to see how damaged his ribs are. And if he is unable to play, former Buccaneer great and Heisman Trophy winner and national champion at Florida State, Jameis Winston would be slated to start. Oh, be careful, the Saints fans. If you need to ask questions about preparing for trauma, um, while watching Jameis Winston play quarterback, feel free to shoot me a message. Services. One more for the good That's it for your sports this week. Bucks are seven and three, two and two in a division with a sweep over the Panthers. Got swept by the Saints, but alas, 
We still have two division game division games against Atlanta at the end of the year. But from now, back to you, Captain. Good evening, one and all. And welcome back to the Captain's Couch. I'm your host, Byron Taylor. So the the podcast got recorded last week before the game even kicked off. And once that ass whipping commenced, I didn't even want to go back and put a sports update at the beginning of the episode. So I was like, you know what? Just gonna gonna act like this didn't happen. But yeah, the the, the Saints absolutely murdered us last week um, in Tampa. It was uh it was embarrassing. It was disheartening. It gave me sad boy vibes. But not as much sad boy vibes as your soon-to-be former president has been on social media for the past week plus and in the legal system, the legal uh, system for, for the past week or so, um, continuously getting his ass handed to him in court because he has no evidence to prove that there was voter fraud, which did not happen. You just lost, dumbass. But anyway, this week's episode will kind of focus on why... Um, the orange um, personified, I couldn't think of a bad insult for him, but yeah, the orange personified, why he is the way he is, and kind of give you a little bit of a scope into kind of what's going on with his mental psyche. So um, if you notice, probably not going to put any ads on the episode. They are currently not paying. So if you would like to keep the show going and donate to the podcast, feel free to do so using the um, PayPal link, paypal.me slash um, the captain's couch, or using the anchor.fm um, support link to become a monthly subscriber and a monthly contributor to the show. You will definitely get a shout out on the show if you, you know, hook your boy up, send some love this way for the show. But uh, if you're wondering why you're not hearing the sweet bells this week, that's probably why, because, um, yeah, the ads are not generating revenue these uh, right now, which no worries. It's all good. So this week, we're going to talk about narcissistic personality disorder and some of the facets that we see um, that drive the behavior and the things that a narcissist need. Um so obviously, if you've not been paying attention to the news, and we talked about it here last week, um, Joe Biden will be um, the 46th president of the United States come January, provided that there's no massive coup that happens or um, the Republicans completely just destroy the entire republic by the time we get to Election Day um, or allow Trump to destroy the republic by the time we get to Election well Inauguration Day. I'm sorry, not Election Day. We already passed that. But with Joe Biden becoming president um, in January, the current president, um, the orange snot rocket, um, has basically been tweeting up a storm about um, voter fraud and all of these things, which, you know, if you are have any type of logic, how can you claim that to be happy that Mitch McConnell won and that Lindsey Graham won? And yet somehow the election is not rigged for them, but it is rigged for Trump when he loses. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, let's look at narcissistic personality disorder. So 
it's not exactly quite what you think it is. Yes, people who, for the most part, people think people who are narcissists are very self-centered people. They are. But there are other things that are involved when it comes to narcissism. Um, so narcissistic personality disorder are genuinely, generally people who display um, grandiosity, um, a lack of empathy for other people, and a need for admiration. So when we look at diagnostic criteria for um, narcissistic personality disorder, we're looking at five or more of the following types of behaviors that exhibit and present themselves in early adulthood um, and across different types of contexts. So we're looking at um, a sense of grandiose, a grandiosity of self-importance, um, a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, uh, the belief that one is special and can be only understood by or associate with special people or institutions, a need for excessive admiration, a sense of entitlement, um, you know, for special free treatment or just a sense of entitlement that things that you probably didn't earn are yours and that nobody else can earn those things because you are entitled to them. Exploitation of others, a complete lack of empathy, um, envy of others, or the belief that one is subject to envy, and then arrogance, um, and a haughty behavior or attitude towards others. The thing with somebody who suffers from narcissistic personality disorder, and it's clearly something you see in Trump all the time, especially when he would go through the debates and he would be, you know, called out for his record or attacked, you know, for basically being just a complete idiot. Uh, people with narcissistic personality disorder can be easily stung by criticism or defeat and may react with disdain or anger. Social withdrawal or a false appearance of humility may also follow, according to the DSM-5. So just basically withdrawing. Well, actually, Trump has actually kind of done all of those things. He's He's um, shown disdain and anger on social media, but then also, for the most part, kind of socially withdrawn from press conferences and, you know, things like Fox News and stuff like that in the past week. So a sense of entitlement, disregard for other people and other aspects of narcissistic personality disorder can damage relationships. While a person with um, NPD may be a high achiever. The personality disorder can also have negative impact on their performance due to a person's sensitivity to criticism. And, you know, you can be a high achiever, but one thing that may stifle stifle your ability to develop is if you're unable to deal with criticism. Um, I know I'm not a big fan of criticism. I'm not really great at dealing with criticism. Um but I am able to listen and kind of take knowledge. I mean, take acknowledgement of what critique may be valid or what critique I may feel like is not quite appropriate. Um, I can take stock and be able to manage my own feelings if I am criticized for something that I did. Um, but somebody with uh, narcissistic personality disorder, they absolutely struggle with the notion of being able to deal with criticism. Uh, researchers associated um, narcissistic personality disorder with high rates of substance abuse, mute, mood, and anxiety disorders. 
They may be uh, attributable to characteristics such as impulsivity and increase of increased experience of shame. Um, the presence of narcissistic personality traits in adolescence does not necessarily imply that a person may have narcissistic personality disorder when they become an adult. So let's look at. So we're looking at, you know, the areas in which narcissists really, really, really struggle. And part of that is the inability to deal with criticism, um, the inability to manage feelings of shame um, an inability to you know, really manage a very fragile self-esteem underneath um, a sense of grandiosity of importance that elevates and and gives off a false facade that basically is a means to cushion their ego so let's look at five ways that a narcissist may compensate for their inferiority so a narcissist's outer mask covers up a wounded, insecure inner self. And if we know anything about our current president, we know he has a wounded fucking inner self. Um, in listening to interviews that his niece um, has done recently, she's talked about, you know, the family, her, you know, her grandfather essentially not allowing the children to um be be held accountable or show weakness you know when if you you know got caught or you got in trouble or you you know lost out on something you basically don't take responsibility for it because being responsible is a sign of weakness or that you know ad admitting to defeat or admitting to feelings of shame or guilt is a sign of weakness and this just completely reinforces and develops um narcissism in order to try to bandage up and mask the very fragile inner self um so let's look at this article from psychology today this was written by um dr preston knee um oh no not dr uh preston knee um so he talked about looking at um one of his books how to successfully how to successfully handle narcissists and a practical guide for a narcissist to change towards the higher self. So one of the ways, the first way that we look at is looking at the overly inflated sense of self is how a narcissist may patch up those inner wounds. So in the article here, we say need uh, talks about. Many narcissists enjoy bragging about themselves in grandiose and exaggerated terms, you know, whether it be their physical attractive attractiveness, their maturity, their natural possess their material possessions, their popularity socially, their lifestyle, um, whatever it is, you know, all the banks that, you know, want to just give Trump money or, you know, all the celebrities that he's met or all the beautiful women that he's dated or had sex with or paid to have sex with or paid to, you know, give them hush money so that they wouldn't talk so that he could run for office. So, and when it comes to this, right, there's nothing inherently wrong with describing oneself in positive terms. The pathological narcissist does so in the following unhealthy ways. A, the self, 
the self-flattering statements are often exaggerated. B, the self-flattering statements are often utter, uttered either directly or indirectly at the expense of other people. Um, the narcissist's fragile ego is boosted not by providing positively affirming themselves, but by putting other people down. Does this sound familiar to you guys? Because it definitely does to me over the past four years. Um, C, the self-admiring statements are intended for you to look up, to adulate them. In essence, they want you to worship them so that they feel special, exceptional, or important. It is what this it is with this superficial and um, compensatory outer mass that the narcissist constricts, I mean, constructs his or her false identity, submerging an insecure and wounded self. Two, they react poorly to criticism. That's something we talked about before. Um, an easy way to spot a narcissist's fragile ego is to observe the way that he or she reacts to criticism. Even when such comments are offered diplomatically, reasonably, and constructively, most mature adults are able to take fair um, to take fair criticism uh, criticism in stride. Um, that they can manage those things, access you know internal validation that they have, um, and then use feedback as a valuable learning tool. Chronic narcissists, however, tend to be highly offended by and ultra sensitive to even minor criticisms, um, especially those that have merit. They fear the truth will expose how fake and hollow they really are. Number three, jealousy of others, possession of attention. Um, jealousy can be one of the most defining of any person with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, jealousy can be defined as feeling envious for not having what someone else has. Um, thou shall not cover, cover what your neighbor has. It's in the Ten Commandments. Um, while some people experience jealousy on occasion, many chronic narcissists feel envious and resentful of others' happiness and success on a regular basis pathologically make disparaging remarks in order to make themselves feel better. Many pathological narcissists are also attention hogs in their personal and or professional lives. They want you to constantly focus on them and cater to their needs and cater to what they want and what they're demanding. Without your attention and appeasement, they feel insignificant. Number four, Manipulation. So, examples of a narcissist manipulation. So, I mean, think about this, right? So, manipulation is something that many people do. You don't have to be a narcissist to be somebody who manipulates things. Um, you could just literally try to manipulate something when you are a teenager and one parent ask you ask one parent to do something and they say no. But you notice your parents don't really ever talk to each other about stuff. So then you go ask the other parent and the other parent says yes and then you go off and do it now that doesn't mean you're a narcissist but it definitely is what we would call parent splitting um something that we used to they used to happen at the hospital i used to work at where a client would ask one of us for a snack or for phone privilege and one of us would say no 
And then they will walk off and wait for somebody else to come sit at the nurse's desk and then ask them. And without them consulting the other person who they talked to before, they go ahead and do it. So um, examples of manipulation here in this context, as far as for a narcissist is negative manipulation. Intended to gain an advantage by causing the victim to feel inferior, inadequate, insecure, or develop self-doubt. Positive manipulation is intended to bribe the victim emo- uh, emotionally to win favors, um, concessions, sacrifices, or other commitments. C. Deception and intrigue. Intended to distort the perception of the victim for easier manipulation. D. Strategic helplessness. Intended to take advantage of the victim's goodwill and guilt. Dominate and control the victim through overt aggression. The truth about narcissistic manipulation is that deep down, many narcissists don't believe that they have what it takes to give what they want in a healthy, reasonable way. To compensate with this issue and their inability to do so, um, they result to false personas and deceptive mechanisms to gain well, machinations actually is the word, um, to gain a measure of what they desire. And we're seeing this right now with Trump um, as the election has ended. So he's continuously used deception as a means to, um, you know, basically warp reality for his um, his supporters. And then, of course, for us who absolutely are being gaslighted, that we're like, nah, nigga, you gaslighting us. What the hell are you talking about? Um He's also used that manipulation to embolden his supporters to then fight on his behalf. Um, you know, ultimately, the hostility and abuse, you know, we can see the anger and aggression on social media that he's obviously tweeting with. And ain't no telling what he done. He done got a hold of the day, but he been on it all day. Anyway, um, number five. They're unable to face the real self and unable to see you as a real person. Bottom line of being in a relationship with a pathological narcissist is that your thoughts, your emotions, your priorities are constantly invalidated. You exist merely to serve the whims and the pleasures of the narcissist. Then the flip side of the dynamic is that and creating and facilitating such relationships, the narcissist is refusing to acknowledge the hard part that he or she is completely incapable of having a genuine, loving, and respectful relationship. Many chaotic narcissists have very little to give and will painfully never admit this. Um, it's better to be the phony fake self that they pretend to be than their disenfranchised real self. Um, So can a narcissist change for the better? Possibly, but only if that person is highly aware and willing to go through the courageous process um, of self-discovery. For narcissists, no no longer willing to play the charade at the cost of genuine relationships and credibility, there are ways to liberate from falsehood and progressively more towards one's higher self. Um, So... That is from Preston C. Nye. Lastly, let's look at the fear that a narcissist is really hiding behind. 
We touched on it a little bit, and we touched on the things that they do to survive. But let's look at those secret little fears that lie beneath the surface and in between the manipulation and the lying and the anger and the vitriol and the unwillingness to deal with criticism. What is driving these behaviors for a narcissist? Um, One of the first things, and it's something that I think Trump has been trying his damnedest to avoid, is public humiliation. Um, We notice this oftentimes with Trump where he completely refuses to engage in situations where he's going to be publicly humiliated. Um, When he went to the World Series a couple years ago with the Nationals winning the World Series and he got booed out the gym or the ballpark in this case, um, he felt it that obviously he was never going to go to an NBA game because yeah, that is definitely not his demographic. So he retreated to the confines and the safe space of SEC college football in Alabama. Because what do you need to know about that demographic? Quite white. So public humiliation is one of the things that we've seen Trump try his best to avoid over the past four years. And as the election has been handed down, he's been tweeting up a frenzy on the internet trying to, you know, make his claims about voter fraud and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But he's done very little to show himself in public um, since the election was called. So when a narcissist feels that they are losing face or falling at some, as, uh, failing at something in front of an audience, it creates a lot of psychological distress and cognitive dissonance. Um, I think we talked about cognitive dissonance a little bit. Basically, it's mental gymnastics. It's what you hear people say when their argument makes no fucking sense at all. Um, Narcissists are unable to tolerate failure of any sort, and public humiliation is considered the worst type of failure that that could happen to a narcissist. The ego of a narcissist is so fragile, which we've been talking about in this show. Um... And when this person feels like they're being laughed at or that they're losing respect of other people, it can be very, very upsetting. The narcissist's ego is the only protection that they have from um, the world. And when their ego is breached, when the integrity of their ego is breached, the narcissist often responds in ways that seem markedly out of proportion to the situation that is happening. So when it comes to public humiliation, I think for Trump, like the unwillingness to concede is a huge part of trying to avoid that public humiliation of, oh, you lost the election, buddy. Bye. Um, So by completely acting a fool and making up all these exorbitant lies that have no evidence, um, he's been working to refuse to deal with public humiliation so number two second thing that we're looking at here as we start to wrap up is the loss of a partner's admiration or the general public's admiration i think in this case um narcissists need to feel admired by their partner or every or people around them every day and must be a praise fest when they notice that their partner's interest in them or enthusiasm is not you know quite there for them they become desperate to win back their partner's affection they may buy expensive gifts engage in over-the-top romantic grand gestures 
whatever it takes to have their partner put them back on a pedestal. Um, when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you will realize eat early on in the, in the situation that little things can drive a narcissist into a state of anxiety and fear that the relationship is failing, running late for a date, having to go to work early, hanging out with your friends, forgetting to wear the outfit that that person wanted you to wear, um, can be interpreted as intentional acts of disrespect toward the narcissist. This sounds very familiar. Um, narcissists view partners as trophies. They tend to expect partners to show high signs of deference and adoration to them. Long after the early crush days of a relationship should have worn off. Manipulation of, an, a partner, of a partner is emotional abuse and narcissists resort to some real, real, real underhanded tactics um, in order to. So if they feel like they're losing hold on their partner. These are some of the defense mechanisms that they might start to do. Um, also, this is totally Kelly from um, The Office, who was a complete narcissist that would try to make Ryan jealous anytime um, Ryan would not be giving her attention or the time where Ryan um, told her that he couldn't date her because that was she, uh, he was her boss now. And then she was like, well, I'm pregnant. And then immediately in the confessional cutscene afterwards, she's shaking her head like, nope, I'm not pregnant. It, that was a terrible lie. Um, but so one of the first things that we do that we see is um, as a defense mechanism is generating jealousy. So when a narcissist is fearful that their partner is losing interest in them, they may create situations that generate jealousy in their partner to acquire power and control in the relationship. And narcissists with the most fragile of egos also induce jealousy to take revenge on partners to test the relationship, to prove the relationship secure is secure, or to build up their own self-esteem, which is really, really dangerous when you're dealing with somebody else and you're using them and decipher and basically like manipulating the hell out of them in order to build yourself up. Number two is guilt. Narcissists will try to make their partners feel guilty about behaviors that the narcissist believes are signs of disrespect or a lack of inadequate gratitude. Narcissists are manipulators who have no qualms about twisting a partner's words or actions in a way that would make that person feel guilty or remorseful about things he or she has no reason to feel bad about. Number three, threatening to leave. Narcissists will threaten to end a relationship if the partner begins to show independence or behave in ways contrary to the narcissist's expectations. So as we wrap up here, one of the best ways to deal with the manipulation tactics of a narcissist is to lay down clear and firm boundaries that you do not allow that narcissist to breach. Um, this will require you to have a strong will as well as a willingness to admit that you are dealing with an individual who places their own needs ahead of yours. Um, narcissists are going to have a terrible, terribly, terribly difficult time um, with a partner or a former partner has begun to create and enforce boundaries because narcissists cannot conceive that the partner could exist beyond that relationship. Um, narcissists objectify people and use people to meet their own needs. 
They simply don't understand how to maintain normal relationships. Um, they can't seem to comprehend the reasons that their partners or their friends need space or autonomy to feel satisfied in a relationship. If you're being essentially, if you're being used to prop up a narcissist, if you try to claim some space for yourself, the narcissist may feel like they are trying to strip away parts of the narcissist identity. Um, your devotion to the narcissist needs is a measure of the narcissist self-worth in their mind. Um, when you back away, narcissists are going to try much harder to reel you back into their lives. This is when you will need to have a strong backbone and a strong support system as you move out of the orbit of a narcissistic partner or a narcissistic politician, businessman turned politician, um, who was corrupt as a day as long and uh, utter narcissist. Um, so part of I mean, part of the thing that I've noticed is the media has been much more firm about calling him out on his lies and his BS. I mean, essentially, I mean, probably in their own self-interest because the media does need for, you know, relatively free and fair elections because it's big, you know, it's big news and it's big ratings for the the uh, the news channels. I mean, CNN did like exceptional numbers over the course of the week for their election coverage. Um, but ultimately, in order for the system to continue to work, free and fair elections is a tenet of democracy that needs to be continuously um, reinforced and validated. So, you know, they are even Fox News is actually doing the job of saying that, no, he's lying. He's not telling the truth. He's trying to manipulate. But this is actually what happened. He lost. So. Setting boundaries and putting some distance is one of the things. And it's something we talked about a couple weeks ago with narcissists um, that it's important to oops, excuse me, it's important to make those um, efforts to set boundaries and rules to try to prevent a narcissist from crossing the line and, you know, basically running through you in order to get their needs met. So just some things to think about. And, you know. Obviously, this conversation was kind of focused on Trump, but, you know, there are narcissists in every walk of life and there are narcissists probably in your life that you've probably had to deal with. So here's just some tips and tools and things to look out for that um, could be of use to you and also paint a more a kind of accurate picture of what is taking place in politics and in Washington and on social media with um the president and with the realization that his term will be coming to end coming to an end very soon. So with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to the captain's couch. Um, leave a five-star review on iTunes, on Stitcher, um, on the podcast podcast catcher that you're using, whether it's Podomatic, podcast addict, um, check me out on iHeartRadio, check me out on Spotify, check me out on pretty much everywhere except for SoundCloud. I don't have a SoundCloud. Um, I mean, I do, but I don't upload the show on SoundCloud, SoundCloud reasons, I guess. Um, feel free to donate to the show. Um, like I said, um, donate to the show, uh, via the captain's couch, um, PayPal account at, uh, captain's couch. Um, uh, I'm sorry. The at captain's couch 84 at gmail.com is the email address. Sorry. I'm getting kind of tired. Um, or paypal.me slash um, the captain's couch is the link. 
and the link for the anchor.fm backslash support um, also can allow you to be a monthly contributor to the show. And it would be very much appreciated if you did donate to the show because my mic stand keeps breaking and I've tried to super glue it. But alas, I think it is a hunk of junk. Um, I would also like to get a pop filter for my microphone. Um, but I would probably I would really like to get another mic, uh, mic arm um, for my desk um, to be able to use to record with. So donations to the show will help to get some little knickknack equipment that will help with the show. So we will catch you up with you next week. Maybe we'll talk about borderline personality disorder um, since we have been kind of talking about emotional vampires. And that's yeah, that's one that. uh yeah, I know pretty pretty well. Um, but with that being said, y'all, go Bucks. May the force be with you. Peace. Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter two, verse one. The first one to feel me. Jump up and make a jumbo noise. You've outcasted. Meaning, now you have a choice like that.